it was hot. I mean, it was flaming hot. It, it was six years ago, but I remember it as if it were like this morning, and I don't do that very well. But I had already cut four yards. It was a long day. I was cutting yards, and I was in South Haven, and I was halfway through this lady's yard. Middle of July, maybe even August, and she came out, and she was irate. I mean, she's like, do you know how much grass is all over the sidewalk? And I said, yes, ma'am, I, I do. She said, it's, it's a mess. And I knew what she did for a living. And uh, I said, ma'am, won't tell you her name, but I said, ma'am, does anybody sit in your chair when you are cutting their hair halfway in between and say, do you see this mess that is happening right here? I mean, there's hair everywhere. And she turned around and went inside. <laughs> when I was finished, and I had all the grass off of her, her sidewalk, I had all the grass cut, I knocked on her door and I said, how does it look now? It's finished. How does it look now? If I need to recut it, I will. But you tell me how it looks. Oh, it looks great, Brian. Thank you. I didn't get her yard ever again. I don't know why. <laughs> Just kidding. We, we're in the midst of a series that we have entitled putting together the pieces of who I am, trying to figure out who we are, who we are in Christ, who we are today, and who we are going to be in the future. This morning, I want us to see a couple of points, but uh, the, the main one that we'll end on is that I'm unfinished, and you are unfinished, and I am thankful as I know you are thankful that we're not stuck this way. We're not stuck this way. Paul wrote to the people, to the church at Philippi, he stated this, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. I'm sure of this. This is a certainty. I'm writing to you in the midst of your life, in the midst of this struggle that you are a part of, but I am sure of this, that He, God, who began a good work in you, church at Philippi, church at River Bend, man, woman, boy, or girl that you look at when you look at the mirror, I am sure of this. That he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it, even to the day of Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we need promises like this one. We need promises like this one in our lives. Because sometimes days and weeks are hard, Lord. Father, I need a promise like this one this morning because sometimes I just blow it. 
We just blow it. So thank you for the promise that is found in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. God, I pray that as we go through our time this morning, Lord, you would speak. You would speak into the lives of these that are in this room, men, women, boys, and girls. Father, you would speak to my heart. Your word is truth. Your word is active. Your word is alive. Your word is applicable for today, for my life, for our lives. God, we need to hear from you because of the week that you know we have coming. So, Father, I pray that you would use this time. Bring glory to your name this morning, in Christ's name, amen. I am unfinished, but the work is finished. First point this morning is just that, that the work is finished. What is this work that I am speaking of? What is the work that we are thinking about or that we are looking at this morning when Paul wrote to the people in the church and he said, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you, what was that work that he has begun? What was that work or what is that work that is finished? And the work that's finished is the work that Jesus came to do. In John chapter 19, verse 30, Jesus is on the cross. They give him sour wine, and he says, he looks up, after rejecting that, he looks up into heaven and he says, it is finished. Three words. It is Father, everything that you sent me here for, that work, it is finished. All the days that I lived under the authority of Mary and Joseph, it's finished. All the days that you had planned for me, that we had worked out in heaven for me to walk with the disciples, it is finished. All the instances, the arguments with the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, the scribes, the Levites, the Levites, all of those, they're finished. All the miracles, all the signs and the wonders that were pointing that moment, that individual, this whole nation, and all those that are coming after to me, they're finished. The work was not started on the cross. The work was finished on the cross. Well, when did the work begin? Peter wrote it this way to those in Asia Minor as he was writing his first letter to them. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 20, he, Christ, was foreknown by who? By, by God. He was foreknown when? Before the foundation of the world. So before God created Adam 
and Eve, before God created the flowers and the trees, He knew that Jesus had a work that had to be accomplished. You think about that for a second. You blew it last week. Just go ahead and fess up. You did. He knew that. And because he knew that you were going to blow it last week, he sent Jesus. Because he knew the attitude that you were going to have and you needed a Savior because of those words, because of that attitude, because of your choices, because of your work that you did before the garden, he knew Jesus was coming to save you. For that sin. And the sin that was the day before or the week before or the month before or the year before. Or the sin that is going to happen this week or next month. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world. But was made manifest in the last times. In these moments, Peter writes, for your sake. Who through him, verse 21 who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith, my faith, your hope, my, my hope are in God. The work is finished. I sat this week listening to a man by the name of Steve Smith, and Steve Smith... Uh, Works for the IMB. Um, Monday he was, uh, Sunday and Monday, last Sunday and this past Monday, he was at Longview Point doing their Global Impact Conference, uh, their missions conference. And uh, God has worked through him mightily. Um, he's one of the founders of what has been titled Training for Trainers or T4T. It is a church planning movement that is happening all around the world now, and it started under his care, under his watch um, over in China. But as he was talking, he reminded us Christianity is the only, is the only, quote, in quote religion. It's really not a religion, it's a relationship, but it is the only, only religion whose salvation is spelled D O N E, not D O. Every other religion is a works based religion. I, I told the guys this Tuesday at our men's discipleship time, hey, that's the difference between Christianity and the rest of all the religions. All the other religions are works based. Christianity's work has been done, and it is done through Jesus Christ. And now, you and I are seen by God a certain way. Not by your bad choices, your terrible attitude, your words, your wrong actions, but as sons and daughters of the King, we are justified. It's a big word, justification. And it starts 
as Paul wrote it in Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who are us? Those who walk, not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So now every time that God looks at you, He doesn't see the the issues. He doesn't see the, the warts, the shortcomings. He doesn't see the temper. He doesn't see the action. He sees Jesus. He looks at you and he looks at me. I'm so grateful that he looks at us just as if we had never sinned. It is a point action that he saved you. We'll see in just a second what comes after that. But I was challenged. I was challenged by a guy whose name I can't even pronounce. I I hate it when that happens, but this guy lived... A long time ago, he was a Dutch pastor, and I think that his name is pronounced Witsius, W-I-T-S-I-U-S. Why can't they just be named like Brian? But this Dutch pastor stated this about justification, about the work that God has already done. He states, it tends much to display the glory of God, this work. This justification tends to display the glory of God, whose most exalted perfections shine forth with an imminent luster in this matter. This work sets forth the infinite goodness of God. Chew on that phrase for a moment. This work that He has completed This work that he knew of before the foundation of the world, it shines forth the infinite goodness of Almighty God. Because he saw fit that you needed a Savior and I needed a Savior in such a way that he did that work. It shines forth the infinite goodness of Almighty God by which he... He was inclined to procure salvation freely for lost and miserable man to the praise of the glory of His grace. It displays this whole work thing called justification. It displays also the strictest justice by which He would not forgive even the smallest offense. But on condition of the sufficient engagement or full satisfaction of the mediator... That, I, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. I told you the story a number of times. Those that have heard it and remember it, bear with me. Those that have not heard it, here you go. I was five years old. I was a sinner. 
because every single morning before five-year-old kindergarten, I knew exactly what I was doing as I walked into the storage room of Big Star. Big Star was the grocery store in Houston, Mississippi. It was the place where my dad was manager. We knew the owner. We were family friends with the owner. But every morning, my dad would open the store. And as he was doing his right duties of being the manager of opening the store, I knew exactly where the loot was. And the loot was every color of round gumball. Oh, it was heaven of gumballs. There was a whole wall. And there was a a cardboard box of green ones. There was a cardboard box of my favorite like bright blue ones. There was a cardboard box, and I stuffed my pockets full every single day. And I was a thief, and I knew exactly what I was doing. But not only was I a thief, I was a stingy one because once I got to school with multiple pockets full of gun balls, I would not share them with anyone. And I would just sit there, and I would chew and chew and chew. And finally, one of my friends... Love friends who tell on you. But one of my friends told the teacher, Hey, Brian won't share. They weren't his gumballs. They weren't mine either. But God knew that day would come. And he saw fit long before that day to send Jesus. And that sin was covered. As Jesus was hanging on the cross, and as he was stating, Father, it is finished. The the work to cover the sin of one Brian Tillman stealing gumballs at age five and being stingy with them. Covered. And every one of your sins and every other one of my sins, the work is finished. But not only do we see the work is finished, you and I need to understand this, that the space in between is what we call life. No matter what cemetery you walk into, it's there. There's a date, there's a dash, and there's another date. On almost every headstone, date, dash, date. You and I have no authority on when the first date is or when the last date is. But you and I are all about that dash. And that dash is life. That dash is what Scripture calls sanctification. Spiritually speaking, it is sanctification. There was a moment when you were saved, when you were justified, when there was justification. But from that point until you and I come to this date out here on the end and we go see Jesus or He comes back to take us to be with Jesus, is life. And it's a journey. And it's a struggle. And it hurts. And it's easy. And it hurts. And you fail, and I fail, and we achieve, and we do, and we are. It is this dash that you and I are all about. 
the dash is life. Speaking spiritually, the dash begins at salvation and it ends at what we will call or what is known as glorification. When you see Jesus being that your last breath on earth has occurred and your first breath in heaven has occurred or he changes you because you've been raised at the rapture. Sanctification. It's the journey that brothers and sisters in Christ are on all the remaining of our days. Some of those days might be easy. Some of those days are hard. God knows this. He knows where you've been. He knows the pain, the struggle, the loss, the hurt. Before creation, knowing all of those things, he set forth his plan. This life that's in front of you, this life that's in front of you, sir, ma'am, you and I are to walk. We are to live in such a manner that we are called. You and I are to be holy as he is holy. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16 gives that statement. You are to be holy. What does it mean to be holy? It means to be set apart for a purpose. You're to be set apart from the things of this world for a particular purpose. Not to, you're to be set apart not to be the greatest ball player, not to be the greatest accountant, lawyer, nurse, teacher. You're to be set apart not even to be the greatest mom or dad. You are to be set apart for his purpose, because you're his. You bowed the knee as a believer in Jesus Christ. You bowed the knee. You confessed with your mouth that he is Savior and he is Lord. You are his, and we are to be set apart for his purpose. To show his work, to show his glory in such a way that it would be seen by a world that so desperately needs to see it. Sir, you have been redeemed. You have been reconciled with the King of kings and the Lord of lords through the work of Jesus Christ. Should not we? Should not you? Should, should not I? Should we not be the people who care the most, who love the most, who are the most non-judgmental toward others around us? Should we not be the people who are ready to reconcile and bring reconciliation? Yet oftentimes we are not. I'm unfinished. But I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. You look at the person in the mirror. You say, man, there's a lot of work. He's a great worker. Man, there's some rough edges. He's got some good sandpaper. 
man, there's just some jagged stuff. He's got a good chisel. Every single one of us are to be branches of the vine. Jesus stated to his disciples in John chapter 15, I am the true vine, you are the branches. And every branch that is in me, something is going to happen. You're either going to get cut off because you're not a true branch, or you're going to get cut back because you are, so that you might bear fruit. You're going to get cut, no matter what. Pruning happens. It hurts, but it brings about great fruit. I am unfinished. You are unfinished. God is faithful to complete what He has promised. Let me draw it to a close by giving you a couple of illustrations. Because this right here is a promise. And I am sure of this, that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion, will bring it to maturity, to perfection at the day of Jesus Christ. A couple of examples. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, God promised Abram that he would be the father of a great nation. God changed the promise in Genesis chapter 17. He said, you're not, even, you're not going to be just the father of a great nation, but you're going to be the father of many nations. I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham, father of many nations. And he did it. Genesis chapter 30 and following, there was a man by the name of Jacob, heel grabber, thief, conniving brother. He wrestles with pre-incarnate Jesus and he says, hey, your name's no longer Jacob. You're no no longer a heel grabber. You're no longer a, a, a conniving thief of a brother. No, you are Israel. You're the father of the nation of God. David, a little shepherd boy out on the backside of absolute nowhere. You're the king. He spoke to Isaiah. He spoke to Daniel. He spoke to Jeremiah. He spoke to Ezra. He spoke to Nehemiah. Hey, I'm going to bring the people back into the land. And he did it. Promise, fulfillment. Promise, fulfillment. Promise, fulfillment. The promise is there that you are unfinished, but I will complete it at the day of Christ Jesus. You and I are going to be like him. On that day, when we see him face to face, we're going to be like him. I sit. Somewhere up front, so you don't have to hear my voice. Hopefully the speakers drown it out. But that wasn't the case one night. I think that I was nine. And I was in downtown Memphis at the church where I had been saved, and I was a part of the kids' production called Down by the Creek Bank. And I was supposed to be on the backside of the log, just blending in. 
but I was that kid, you know, that everybody looked at and like, oh, let's see what this kid's going to do. I don't even know his name, but that kid's going to show out. I just know it is, and he's going to get in trouble by his daddy, and he sure did. But we were singing the song, He's Still Working on Me. And I thought I had a great voice. I did not. And I just blurted it out when I should not have blurted it out. And everybody in Bellevue Baptist Church was dying out laughing. But the statement's true. It's true for you and it's true for me. Whether it's down by a creek bank in a black chair, in a, in a truck, at the house, at the job site, no matter where you are or where I am, he's still working on you. And one day, oh, what a glorious day. One day, we're going to see him face to face, and he's going to say, hey, you're just like me. You're just like me. That whole dash I was working, that whole dash I was weaving you in and out, I was making you like me. Did it hurt? Yeah, but, but the prize at the end is worth it. Do you think you're ever going to get there? Some days, no. But the prize at the end that you will be like him is worth it. Stay the course. Understand who you are. Understand that He is still working on you. He's still working on me. Yes, salvation's work has been done, but there is something that He is doing in you today, right now. Allow Him to do it and walk there. Heavenly Father, God, what a promise. A promise that, uh, Lord, we overlook. Oftentimes, Father, I promise that we know in our head but God, it's uh, in the moment of struggle without us being clothed without us ready for the fight, it's that thought that leaves first. Jesus, thank you for doing all the work for me. Thank you for coming, Jesus, and living a sinless, perfect life. And thank you, Jesus, for giving me your righteousness and taking my sin. And thank you for not just dying, but thank you for rising from the dead. That I too might live after death. That we might live with you forever and ever. Father, these, these moments that we've just spent looking at your work and looking at your promise, I pray that 
God, your word would stick this week as we're in the midst of the struggle that, that your word would remind us how much you love us. God, might we respond to you this morning. I ask